0: This is my last sermon as senior pastor here at Trinity. Now, hopefully that got your attention a little bit. Now, as we were planning for this last weekend in our Advent Conspiracy, this last weekend in December, we realized not only was it going to be my last weekend to preach to you as your senior pastor, but the title for this week, God Showed Up, just grabbed me. And uh, I I talked to the rest of the pastoral team. I said, would you guys mind if uh, we use this sermon not only online, but at our live worship locations as well? One last chance for me to speak to God's people, this family that we call Trinity, on this idea that God showed up. Because you see, as I look back at my 20 years of ministry here at Trinity, I think that would be a good theme, a good way to summarize those 20 years. God showed up. Let me give you a few examples. It was uh, the year we were going to do our first Advent Conspiracy, and uh, we were talking about this whole idea of spending less on ourselves and uh, spending, giving more uh, to make a difference around the world. And we had this dream that we could partner with Living Water International and help uh, people in Liberia who do not have fresh, clean drinking water that impacted their families, especially impacted children. We, we learned that, that more children die of waterborne diseases than any other cause around the world. And, and we had this dream that maybe we could build some wells there in Liberia with that money we were gonna pool together. And, and each well they told us cost somewhere between three and 5,000 depending on how deep the well had to be. And, and we had no idea what was gonna happen. Would people really do this? Would people really spend less on themselves and, and give together to make a difference? And so we set a goal. We said, wouldn't it be awesome if we could build five new wells? Well, God showed up. And, and through you and through your generosity, we collected over $80,000. And later that year, we heard from the folks at Living Water International that they had built 28 wells in different villages all around Liberia. Wells that are still providing fresh, clean drinking water today. God showed up. I remember another time uh, in my ministry, uh, two of our staff members, Dan Grissom and Linda Arnold, came to me with an idea. They were really, really excited about this idea. They had heard about some churches up in Wisconsin that were partnering with this organization to do these free medical clinics. The idea was really pretty simple. You get some doctors, some nurses, some dentists, and uh, you get them to volunteer their time on a Saturday, and then you let the community know that if, if people don't have health insurance, if they need medical care, if they need uh, school physicals, or if they need a dental exam, they can come and they can get that free of charge. And then, of course, tacking on along with that things like a hot meal and uh, a food pantry and um, a clothing drive to, to provide clothing and even a... A beauty shop to do manicures and, and to do people's hair. And, and, and they pitched this idea to me and they said, we want to do it here at Trinity. And, and I said, guys, I, I, I love the idea, but I just don't think that's going to work. I mean, we're in the Western suburbs of Chicago. People have healthcare, people have uh, medical insurance and, and they disagreed with me. They, they told me that there was a need. And, and, and so I said, okay, all right, we'll give it a try, but I got to be honest. I was really worried. I was really worried that we were going to get a whole bunch of volunteers and get them all excited and then no one was going to come. Now, when the day of the clinic came, we had almost 500 volunteers there that morning. And uh, it was my job to gather those those volunteers together in the gym over at our Kimberly Way location and 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 pray with them and, and give them a little uh, pep talk uh, before the morning began and 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 I'll be honest with you, the whole time I was doing that, my heart was just, it was in the pit of my stomach because I I was sure that like 10 people were going to show up and all these volunteers were going to be really disappointed. But as I got done praying, I looked up and there by the door in the back were Linda and Dan. And they had, I told you so, grins on their faces and they kind of gestured for me to come back. And they took me to the door and they showed me and the the line started at the door at the south end of our kimberly way location and it went all the way up the side of the building to the north end and then to the street and then down the street that day over 600 people showed up and were blessed by what god was doing god showed up or here's here's another example um some years after that we decided that we were out of space at our kimberly way location and uh, not only were we out of space to grow but we were doing two very different styles of worship there, contemporary and traditional. And, and for the traditional worship, that space there at Kimberly Way was great. But for the contemporary services, it was a challenge. And so God gave us this dream of a second location, a, a place where we could move our contemporary services and do them well. And, and by doing that, a place that would open up space at Kimberly Way to grow. And so we'd be able to reach, reach twice as many people as what we said. And, and you gave sacrificially to help make that happen, and we put a lot of hard work into it, but, but again, I started getting nervous. Because I had people coming up to me as we were getting closer and closer to that opening weekend, saying things like, wow, we're, we're, we're spending all this money, and, and, and we're making this great place, and everybody's going to go to Trinity Green Trails, nobody's going to stay here at Trinity Kimberly Way And then I'd have somebody else walk up to me five minutes later and go, wow, we're spending all this money and putting all this time and effort into this new place at Trinity Green Trails. Nobody's going to go there. Everybody's just going to stay here. And I started worrying what what was going to happen. Well, that first Sunday, when we looked at the numbers, they were almost exactly the same at both locations. In fact, one person different. Again, God showed up one more story. So this was a few years later, we were doing another Advent conspiracy, and we had been talking with a local ministry here, Loaves and Fishes, a food pantry. And uh, one of the things that they wanted to do, they had this dream that they'd be able to provide fresh milk and eggs for every family that walked in the door. You see, most of the food that they get comes from grocery stores, and it's expired. And you can't get expired milk and eggs. It just doesn't work that way. And so, so they had this, this dream that they'd be able to, to do that. When a family walked in, they'd get fresh milk and eggs that they were gonna have to purchase. And, and so I asked them. I said, well, what, what would it cost to do that for a year? And they were a little blown away by that question even. And they thought about it and they did the math. little, and they said, It'd probably take about 50 grand for us to be able to do that for a year. And I said, well, let's, let's see what happens. And again, we decided we would spend less on ourselves that Christmas and give the difference to, to give more to make a difference in our community. And, and that year, we were able to give Loaves and Fishes a check for over $100,000 for two years of milk and eggs for families that walked in their door in need. Again, God showed up. Now, in all those stories, I hope you see the common theme. Every single one of those stories, stories, there was a point where, as senior pastor, I was a little terrified, because it felt to me like we could be heading for disaster. That that things might not work the way we planned or that we dreamed, or you know, we'd end up with lots of volunteers and nobody to serve, or or big dreams about the difference we could make and and no chance to make that difference because the money just wasn't there, or we'd have these two locations and nobody would be at one of them. There were moments of panic, to be honest with you, but I shouldn't have panicked, because every single time, God showed up. Now, in our story for this last week in December, um, we, we read about the days that followed right after the Christmas story. Uh, We're we're told in Luke chapter two, this, it says, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem. So it's talking about Mary and Joseph and Jesus. They were in nearby Bethlehem and and Jerusalem isn't far away, just a few miles. And so they bring Jesus to Jerusalem, to the temple so they can observe the the laws of Moses, the old Testament Levitical law about what they were to do with their newborn child. Now there's Two things I want to uh, just call your attention to here and want you to note. First of all, uh, it says when the time came for their purification, it, it should have said her purification. You see, according to Levitical law, when a woman gave birth, she was then considered richly unclean and, and, and she had to go to the temple or uh, to somewhere where she could uh, like a synagogue and, and she had to make a sacrifice to make herself clean again. The Old Testament gave two options. For, for most people, it would be a lamb and then a dove or a pigeon. But it said if you were poor, if you were too poor to afford a lamb, then it could be two pigeons or two turtle doves. But it was for the woman that you'd be doing that. And, and yet in this case, it says their purification, which implies that Joseph needed to be purified as well. Now, most theologians believe what that's indicating is that Joseph had helped in the birth of Jesus. In other words, there were no other women around, no, no midwife around to help. And it, it just lends credence to that idea that we've talked about, that, that Joseph and Mary find themselves kind of outcasts from Joseph's family there in Bethlehem. So these two outcasts bring their newborn son to the temple. And, and there's another thing I, I want you to notice here. It does say that the sacrifice they offered was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In other words, they were too, too poor to do the normal sacrifice. So Mary and Joseph, outcasts from their family, poor, come to Jerusalem with their son so that they can become richly pure again, so that they can dedicate their son there in the temple to the Lord. Now, there are two people who are in the temple that day. The first is a man named Simeon, and we really don't know a whole lot about Simeon from this story. We assume that he's older because it says he was um, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's anointed one, the Messiah. So we assume because of that language that he'd been waiting for a long time and he wasn't going to die until he saw him, so he was older, but we really don't know that. We also often assume that, that he was a priest there in the temple because it, it sounds from the story like he was there all the time, like maybe he, he worked there, but, but again, we're reading between the lines. We really don't know that. But we do know this: as I said, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. It says he was waiting for God to show up for his people. Now, there's another person there waiting: a woman by the name of Anna. She's described as the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, and and we do know more about her than than Simeon. She was advanced in years, we're told. It said she had had a husband who had died very early in their marriage after only seven years of marriage. And, uh, and and then it says, so she's been a widow for many, many years and that she was 84, although that's the way the English translation uh, translates it. There's another possibility. The Hebrew's a little vague. Literally, it, it might be saying that she had been a widow for 84 years, which would put her over 100 years old. Either way, whether she was 84 or 105 or whatever it was, that was very old. And, and it tells us that, that, that she didn't depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She, she spent all her time, all her waking hours, and even some of her sleeping hours there in the temple. And it says she was waiting for something too. She was waiting for the redemption of, of Jerusalem, again, she was waiting for God to save His people. Now, just let's set this in time a little bit. It's been four hundred years since God has spoken to His people through the prophets. It's been a thousand years since King David was on the throne and God made that promise that he would he would have one of His descendants on the throne forever. It's been. Almost 1,300 years since God rescued his people out of slavery in Egypt and brought them to the promised land. It's been almost 2,000 years since God took an old man and and his wife who didn't have any kids, Abraham and Sarah, were worshiping the moon and, uh, and, and literally revealed himself to them as the true God and made a promise to them that their descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky. God has been working in the life of his people for thousands of years. But it's been a long time since they've heard of him. They've been under brutal rule by the Assyrians and and the Babylonians. And then the Greeks, the Seleucids, the Ptolemies, and, and now the Romans. And many of God's people wonder if they're still God's people at all. If God hasn't abandoned them, if God hasn't forgotten about them. But Simeon and Anna don't believe that. They believe that God is going to show up. And that day in the temple, that's exactly what happens. And, and they see it. They, they realize it. Simeon looks up and he says, Lord, now you can let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Anna declares to anyone that will hear that she has seen this God's Messiah. It says she gave thanks to God and she began to speak of him, to speak of Jesus to anyone who would listen. God showed up. Now, God showed up in a way very different than they expected, though. At least I assume so. I doubt they expected God's Messiah to be a baby born to a poor couple from Nazareth, a couple rejected by their own family. But God showed up. Now, many years later, that Messiah, that Jesus, would would talk about God showing up in a really interesting way. In, In Matthew's gospel, when Jesus is teaching... he he talks about the last day when, when he will gather his people together and and he says, he's going to look at them and he was going to say, um, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick and in prison and, and you came and visited me and, and God's people, he says, will look at him and will say, when Lord, when did, when did we see you like that? When did, when did we do those things for you? And Jesus says it this way. He says, whenever you did it to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Simeon and Anna saw the the face of God in a little baby. God showed up in an unusual way. And I want you to think back to all those different ways that I was describing God showing up over these last 20 years among us. We saw the face of God too, not in a little baby necessarily, but we saw the face of God in people in Liberia that needed fresh drinking water. We saw the face of God in people from our own community that didn't have health care. We saw the face of God in families coming to Loaves and Fishes and just wanting to be able to provide some simple dairy products for their family. We saw the face of God in the new people that we've been able to reach in the community through our multiple locations as we trusted God and stepped out in faith. Over the last 20 years, we've seen the face of God in those that need him desperately. God indeed has showed up. And now this Advent season, we've been able to see it again. As we've partnered together with Collective Chicago, we've seen the face of God in in the homeless. We've seen the face of God in those who seek to serve the homeless and and do it in a way that promotes dignity and respect and, and welcomes them not to a shelter, but to a family. God has showed up again. And I just wanna say I am so thankful and so proud that over these last 20 years, I've had the privilege of being part of God's work here in this family we call Trinity. Time and time and time again, we've seen God show up. And here's my prayer. That in the years to come, we will not stop looking for the face of God in those around us that are in need. That, that we'll see the face of God in the, in the young families in our community who, who find themselves in a world that grows more and more confusing and difficult every day and they desperately need a savior. They desperately need to see the face of Jesus in their life. My prayer is that we'll continue uh, to look for the face of God in those that are broken and hurting, uh, not only in our community, but through our mission partners all around the world. I will be praying, and I know that God is going to continue to show up. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Lord God, um, this Advent season, we are so blessed again to be able to, to take the time to, to worship you more fully, fully and really focus on you. We've spent less than ourselves and we've given more so that we can love all. And we've done that all, Lord, for one reason, because you've invited us to join you in the work that you are doing in this world. Lord, there are so many times when we look back on life and ministry where we would be lost without you where we find ourselves like Simeon and Anna just waiting for you to show up, just waiting for you to keep your promise, just waiting for you to rescue us. And you do it every single time. You show up again and again and again. You show up powerfully uh, through word and sacrament in our lives. You show up through the faces of those we serve. Lord, thank you and bless us as we head into a new year. In your name we pray, amen.